Hello and welcome to Play and Catch Up episode 12. I'm Tom Bailey and I'm joined once again by Paul. Paul, let's get going. Last time around I picked Virginia for you to play. Um, it was released in September um, just last month, 2016, on PC, Mac, PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Uh, it's the debut game from Variable State uh, and published by 505 Games and it's a kind of first person detective adventure. How did you get on with it? Um, yeah, it was good. Um, it was enjoyable and kind of right up my street in a lot of senses and it was just the right amount of length for, for a game and, and it, quite nice for me it felt it didn't feel too taxing as, as an experience um, uh, this week has been sort of quite quite rushed for me so it's quite difficult and I wanted to kind of fit it in and, and in time for this episode really and and sort of gather my thoughts on it but I was quite happy that it was sort of you know a good sort of two, three hours sort of experience and I feel really happy with what what, what it delivered. Um it it was um it was it was very strange. Um <laughs> I, I'm kind of interested on, on your perspective a little bit more than, than mine at this point because um I kind of it it, it didn't it it was a little bit what I expected, but also a little bit not what I expected in some sense. So, right. In, in what in what what were you expecting from it then? I suppose, um, having played sort of a lot of games in this this genre fairly recently, you know, um, games which are, I suppose, um, very story driven, very mm. nar- narrative driven, quite um, quite good at, at setting a, a tone and an ambiance. Yeah. Um, it it had that, but it didn't have a and it, it didn't have a strong sort of um, it, it. It's not the fact that it, the, there wasn't sort of puzzles to get into because I think a lot of games of this nature haven't had those sort of things in them. Much like everybody's gone to the rapture fairly recently mm. by watching things, but it. Um, it it was more the the structure of the game through me, and right. how it sort of progressed the storyline. It was a lot. It it was in 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 those other games. There's always a feeling of there are things to interact with potentially, yeah, and objects that may give you some sort of surprise or some element of um, uh, building the world, I suppose. But in this. The game was very much focused on moving you through scenes, and I didn't expect that sort of structure to the game. Okay, if that, make, if that makes sense, do you, do you yeah. understand where I'm going with that? Yeah, of course I do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, I, I think I I probably had a relatively similar experience in that I read about this I think two years ago um, when they were first talking about it and. They cited um, Twin Peaks as a massive influence and the X-Files to a lesser extent as well uh, and said they were trying to recapture that kind of feeling of a kind of slightly off-kilter town and um, and it was going to be a first-person adventure game. And that for me was like, yep, yeah, I'm on board for this. I'm not going to read very much more about it. Um, I, I, when it comes out, I'm, I'm going to get uh, I'm going to get it. And then I, I caught the trailer a couple of weeks before it came out. I mean, they went really quiet on it. Um, for a long time and I'd, I'd kind of forgotten about it to a certain extent and then saw the trailer and I was like yeah this looks excellent the mood that you, you're talking about there 
um they seem to have set the mood superbly and uh but yeah i i was expecting more perhaps more interactivity with the scenery and you know maybe i knew it wasn't a a point and click adventure as such but i Mm. thought maybe there would be um more to interact with because the game i mean the game has split opinion massively from what i've read online and i think one of the things that has stuck in people's craw a little bit is is that you yeah it's a relative you know it's a linear story and and do you kind of what the only interaction you have with objects is is essentially you do something that the, the game designers want you to do, and you drive yourself yeah. onto the next. You know, drive it onto the next scene. Um, that didn't bother me. I, I I found it quite a refreshing way to to present a game. Um, I really really enjoyed the fact that it's so filmic. I mean, it's it's presented very much like a film. You know, got the credits at the start. It, it's you know tells you who the director is and, and everything. You know, it, it uh, and just the the way it was presented was just. Um, as I'm repeating myself here, but it was like a breath of fresh air, really. I mean, I I do wonder. I was hyped for the game anyway. I told myself I was going to enjoy it, and I and I really <laughs> did enjoy it a lot. But I do wonder how much that that kind of played into things. But I just found it really engaging, as you say. The length, it's you know, a couple of hours to to play through. Um, it doesn't outstay its welcome at all. Um, and and I just I, I you know I played it through in one sitting, light lights off, headphones on. Uh, and essentially did treat it like like a film and and just kind of went through it mm. and uh yeah I, I i really enjoyed the ride i mean it was confusing in places um and, very yeah very confusing yeah um yeah I, I think i i um i definitely started to lose the thread if mm. that makes sense mm. towards the end i i really kind of struggled to piece things together because I think that's what you always try and do with things like this, where it's a little bit ambiguous about things. You do want to kind of do that. I remember um, playing Killer7, and that was very much the same way. Yeah. You finished that, and it was like, well, I have all these questions and no answers for them. Um, and I had some of that with this, where I was like, I, I think I need to play this again, mm. because I think, I, I don't know, but some of the stuff towards the end is is things where you think, okay, if that's what that might be now, then maybe that makes more sense of things that happened earlier in the game. Yeah. I don't know if I'm overthinking things or not, but that was the feeling that I had, that that maybe I misread some of the intentions of the scenes earlier on in the game. Right. Now we'll have a different meaning or a different perspective on um, later, from from, from what, I, what I gleaned from, from later on in the game. Um yeah, there's a, there's a couple of scenes that I don't want to talk in sort of spoiler terms, but there's a few things towards the end where I didn't pick up on what those things were, which was perhaps a little naive of me, in particular the letter. Right. And putting the object in the letter and then getting that later letter later on, I was like, oh, that's what that is. I'm with you, and that's, yeah. And that's why my perspective of things then changed because it's like, okay, there's something more potentially going on with this character than I first perhaps realised. Yeah. Um, uh, but you know, I don't know. I don't know if it's, if it's just the narrative being that way because um, it, it's been a little bit obtuse and it's not there to be solved, or if, or if there is some, there is a golden thread sort of linking everything together in a in a nice construct um and i don't know if i want to unpick it anyway you know i quite mm. liked the fact that 
I played it and took it for what it was at the time, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I spoke to, to Jonathan Burroughs, one of the co-directors of the game, that I had an interview with him that went out a few weeks, uh, a couple of weeks ago. And, yeah, I kind of mentioned that to him, that, um, you know, the, the storyline seems open to interpretation. You know, I was asking him, is there a specific, you know, right way to interpret it as, as far as he was concerned? And, he, yeah, he kind of expressed surprise that, that a lot of people, in terms of the, the pure plot um that 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 people were a little bit confused um and kind of was was very kind of self-deprecating about it so maybe that's that's a failing of theirs to 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 not have um maybe they were too close to it you know uh in terms of being able to see whether people would be able to unpick that thread as you say but um but yeah i i i mean it really ramps up the those confusing as you say without spoiling too much it ramps up some of those confusing elements towards the end it really becomes co- kind of a bit of a tour de force at the end and i'm uh, picking mm. what's actually happening and what might not be really happening and what's what's you know what that you should interpret in certain ways um but yeah i mean throughout there are certain things i don't know whether you I'm sure there are ones that I didn't pick up on, but like there's a, a scene in a. So we haven't really talked about the, the setup of the game. So it's a det- you play a detective who, at the outset, you're you're on a missing persons case, and um, that seems to be the main thrust of the story. And then it turns out actually that kind of almost falls by the wayside a little bit, and and there's a whole other kind of subplot that comes to the fore. Um, but there's a scene quite early on with them um, round the the family dining table. Um, in the house of the missing boy and mm. it, it seems to be all like police officers and members of the family kind of huddled around and then there's the woman from the diner is there like taking an order and it it's really odd and I kind of thought she looks out of place and then realise later on that she's in the diner it's just yeah there's all these different elements where things aren't quite as they should be throughout and it Did, is didn't even pick up on that right okay yeah <laughs> there's, there's loads of different bits and pieces like that 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 yeah um it's just a little bit kind of off kilter, as I say, and and really kind. Of, yeah, I think maybe extra playthroughs needed to to start and picking. But as you say, I I really like the fact that it was something that left you thinking afterwards. You know, did I really follow that? And, and you know, it, it, a lot of games want to handhold you through story, and I don't mind sometimes if there's a bit of ambiguity. And even if I don't get to the bottom of it, that's fine. It's same with you know other media you know I, I don't i like to have different experiences that way and uh no like i said i, I really love the way this was presented and and you're talking about the, the way the scenes kind of cut from you know you'll be walking along a corridor and suddenly you'll be carrying walking you'll be in a completely different room and it kind of mm. jump jump cuts around like that I, I really liked that and i think they were heavily inspired by a game called i don't know if you've played called 30 flights of loving by Brendan yeah Charles. yeah I, I saw that sort of in the end credits and yeah. um I've played that, yeah, yeah. And I did think while I was playing it, I thought, well, this is unlike any other game I've ever played. And then and then I saw that as we were really inspired by. I was like, oh, yeah, no, I can see that. So <laughs> yeah. I almost kind of wish they didn't say that because then I would have gone away and thought, well, that was a very unique experience. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, yeah. that's just my memory sort of not sort of um, playing playing tricks on me. I, I, have you played sort of Fate Flight yourself? You, yes, you, I have, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I can't remember much from that game. I think it was it. It was again. It was kind of moving scene to scene in that, wasn't it? You kind of, I think, if I remember, it yeah, was. Yeah, it was awful. But you were in like some cocktail party or something on a rooftop or something, and then you move right. down and you're picking up a briefcase, I think, and you're moving yeah. around corridors and things like that, aren't you? In that game, 
Yeah, but I can yeah, see that right. influence there. I can see that link now um, yeah. between the two. Um, just to go back to some of the interactivity stuff, I think um, I, I, I didn't have a problem with, with the lack of it. I think, like you, um, it obviously was a conscious design, design decision and I had no issue with it. I think what's interesting with that is that when you do get small bits of interactivity, such as the very first scene where you um, root in your handbag and you um, use the lipstick, yeah, those bits of interactivity tend to have a lot more meaning because mm. they're so few and far between. And I think that's really interesting because it, it just imparts a bit more importance on those things that you wouldn't normally otherwise think about. Um, mm. And I think that's very deliberate on their part um, to do that because again there's I think there's another scene later on where she's going to put lipstick on but she decides not to yeah you know there's no there's no there's no uh, control that I have on that and on more, more other games it would be well you can interact with these objects and you know it would just be a thing well okay you can interact with that or you can I don't know pick up this other object and mm. put a dress on I don't know you know but in this it was very much it it was like well you were, it still it still told its story because you're there trying to have that interaction, but it maybe doesn't play out in the way that you perhaps expect. Um, mm. Which which is interesting, and I think um, it it's um, it, it, there's plenty of scenes where I was walking around looking for maybe that interaction. I mean, the, when you very first start and you're sort of moving along corridors. Mm. I did. I don't know if you did the same, but game game head sort of switches on, and it's like, well, I'll turn around three hundred and sixty degrees, <laughs> yep. and see what's behind me, and see if I can open the door there. And after I've checked two or three doors, I go, okay, this is this is not that type of experience, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not not even a sound effect, nothing to kind of say this is. And I can I can I can see both sides. I can see some people not enjoying that whatsoever. Mm. Um, and and being very turned off by that, but but once I knew that it was a, a, this was how the game was going to be, it didn't bother me in the same way. I didn't feel an incessant need, particularly like the scene you mentioned in, with with where you said you saw the waiter sort of in the house. Yeah. You know, I I I think I don't I don't think I even went up to sort of that area of the room where right people were standing. I just went to the the thing that seemed most obvious in terms of progressing the story onwards. Because yeah. I didn't feel that need to interact with, say, the objects in the kitchen, because I knew there wouldn't be anything really to interact with. Right. And because of that, I kind of it was very easy to sit back and sort of enjoy it on its own terms. I think it's it's hard, isn't it? Because how you you're moving into this quality of how much of it is a game and is it a game? And it's hard. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it is or not, or but I don't mind that. It's an interactive storytelling medium, more. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm pretty tired of the game versus not a game argument. To be honest with you, yeah. I completely agree with you uh, in that it's it's an experience. It's it's interactive and okay. Yeah, it's not as interactive than many many video games that that we play, but. Um, it, it's all the more effective for me for that reason. It stands out from the crowd, and I just think back of what have I spent loads of time playing, and 
I've lost days of my life to championship manager and football manager as it is now. And it's essentially a series of spreadsheets, you know. And I'm not mm. really in any position to say, you know, this this is or isn't a game. It's if it's something that's entertaining you and you have some form of interactivity with it, then as far as I'm concerned, it's a, it's a game. But I, I, you know, it, some people seem to get incredibly hung up on that. And I saw arguments yeah. with some of the comments on Steam um, around the game. Some of the people who didn't like the fact that there was uh, you know a huge amount of choice also kind of saying well there's no dialogue in the game you know it's it's, it's what what were the develop you know what the developer's been doing you know <laughs> it's like, well it's, a, it's clearly a choice it's a stylistic choice that they've they've gone for um and yeah i mean how did you find that did that bother you that there was no dialogue in the game no not no, quite the opposite i think on yeah. the dialogue front i think um I think it's interesting to, to try and deliver something like that without that. I think yeah. um, I think it's difficult as well. And I think yeah, how exactly. they proceeded with, with how to deal with that was quite interesting. Yeah. Um, th- th- that's not to say there aren't things that still progress the story on in terms of uh, written things. I think there's a few things in there that sort of pop up and you look at and go, okay, that's clearly that character's name or something, you know, yeah. and you start piecing things together like that. And the game does do quite a good job of... I think I think that's what's also interesting. The game doesn't... Um, in a lot of games, you move very sequentially through areas. Yeah. Um, and this is... Uh, I'm going to sort of pick on it a little bit, just to make a point, I think. But um, in Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, you move through that world in a very linear fashion. Mm. which is fine, and you follow the story in that fashion. But there is a feeling in that game where some elements of that world are created because it's a, because they want to keep you funneled down a linear path. Right. And because they need to link all of the scenes in the game together to create that narrative. So it almost feels like a game world slightly, because it does that. You know, it blocks things off or it says, this is the only route you can go. Whereas... Virginia doesn't really do that. Virginia has absolutely no qualms whatsoever about having you in one scene one minute and putting you in a completely different scene the next second. Yeah. Um, which is very unique. I, I don't know if it fully works. I had issues sometimes where I think I was looking left or right and then it switched scenes. I was like, oh, I've been right. kind of slightly disorientated now because of that. Okay. But in the whole, it didn't sort of... Um, it, again, it was one of those things, much like the corridor with the blocked-off doors. Once once it happened once or twice, you get a feel for when these sort of things are going to happen. So you, mm. you're expecting them a little bit more. So it didn't really bother me. But I think, you know, again, some people, I think, be very put off by that, the idea that you're sort of switching between scenes so starkly. It's not even like a fade-out. It's a straight switch. And... Yeah. Um, but ultimately, that's that's their solution from creating a pointless game world, which doesn't potentially make sense. You know, mm. where they have to block road. You know, they could they could move you from say the diner to the house and get you sort of traversing. But a, you've got time traversing, and b, you potentially un, unused scenes that wouldn't help with that pace of the game. Um, I think, I think. That's the interesting side is how the pacing links with the music because yeah. I think you can't really talk about this game without talking about the music, which mm. is brilliant, absolutely oh. um, mind blowing stuff. I'm uh, glad you said that. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I, I, I just completely in love with the soundtrack. Just unbelievable stuff. It, as you say, it just works so perfectly in tandem with with what you're seeing on screen, and um, it just feels so epic in scale. And yeah, I absolutely adored it. I thought it was, it was incredible. Yeah, and and I, I don't even know how some of it was done from a technical perspective because they time things sometimes really well, and yeah. I don't know how they did that because if I'm in a scene taking my time, how did how I don't some of it just I couldn't get my head around how they managed to sort of hit those things and hit those notes and mm. they were interesting and it's, I suppose it's easier when you're towards an end of potentially a scene and you're into another act as, as you want to. Yeah. Again, not to try and spoil how the game's structured, but and but some of those elements were really well done, where it was almost like there'd be crescendo and then mm. it'd end, and the sound would drop out, and it was they just worked so well. And there's a particular bit towards the end where things are starting to unravel a little bit, and yeah. they go through scenes very quickly, mm. and um, perspectives change, and that with the music there was it was like. Um, it's like a film where I don't know where somebody realised their their world and what they understood the world to be is completely wrong, and it's that sort of soundtrack to that moment, and it just yeah. works so well. You know, the idea that all these ideas are whizzing around your head around what 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 is happening. You know, um, as the, as everything kind of unravels, it just worked incredibly well towards the end there, where I was just like, yeah. "Wow, okay." <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's incredible, and uh, you should probably just name check it. It's Lyndon Holland who who composed the score, and it's uh, recorded um, by the Prague Philharmonic Orchestra at the Smecky Studio, which is where David Lynch had had, had soundtracks kind of recorded for a couple of his films, which kind of ties it back to that that Twin Peaks thing. It was was Twin Peaks a factor for you when it was when it was on? Is it something you were kind of aware of or, or into? Yeah, I think we kind of discussed this briefly in a previous one, or maybe it was was off air. But um, I've I've sort of working knowledge of Twin Peaks. I don't have the experience of watching it sort of in full, so I know elements. I think I've seen, I think I've seen sort of one or two episodes, but right. I couldn't tell you what the whole plot is. But I know enough about. Um, that feeling and, and that David Lynchian sort of style, and yeah. I think um, we've talked previously about um, other games that have potentially been influenced by it. And equally, yeah, you can you can see that sort of style all over this. It's, yeah, it it deals with um, interesting settings and potential um, absurdities and things, you know, um, yeah. and twists, sort of things. To, to a certain degree to and makes you question things quite quite a lot and yeah. it has that it has that surreal feel doesn't it that, it does it's that i think that's the david lynchian thing more than anything that comes across it's that small outback american town where something's not quite right yeah yeah exactly and then there's one scene in particular in the roadhouse where she's She's having a drink and watching the the musicians on stage. I don't know if you remember that bit, but yes, I do. That, the, I mean, the, that part of the soundtrack is is massively play, play, plays a massive homage to, to Twin Peaks, and and yeah, I think other than that, it is a it's a general feeling rather than anything too on the nose. Um, but they did allow allow themselves <laughs> that that one bit, which I I really enjoyed as a as a Twin Peaks fan. But but yeah, I think I, I, and again from from speaking to Jonathan, I think. Although it, I think it definitely helped them in terms of getting buzz around the game early on, I think they, there was a kind of sw- slight twinge of, you know, 
all he's talked about for the last two years is, is, is Twin Peaks, whereas actually it's not it's not really that. It's just that there are obviously some they clearly, you know, love that genre genre of, of T V show and what have you. But but yeah, it's it's very much its own thing, I think. And um yeah, no, I'm just I'm really glad you, you enjoyed the soundtrack as much as I did because yeah, it's um phenomenal stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um I I don't I... I think it's always interesting when developers, I suppose, yeah, I can see that they probably used it as a jumping off point, but um, I don't have a problem if, if, if that helps people to understand something. It's yeah. it's a good it's a good way to say, well, you know, if you're interested in, in things that are a bit lynching, then you will probably enjoy this, you know. And, mm, mm. Um, you know, it's a shorthand, isn't it? It's a shorthand to get to get to content and get to games that you think those or that audience will like, and I think. Not not to make us sound too old, but it is an, it's kind of a middle-aged gamer sort of game in a lot of ways, isn't yeah, it? You know, yeah, that's it's true. that age group, isn't it, I think, where you're maybe tired of those sort of high-octane sort of games and lots of games that you've played that are similar. This is, and it's so short. I, I did kind of time it almost. And okay. It took me two hours and 20 minutes to play through, which okay. is very short, yeah. but yeah. by no means any less of a game for it. Um, length is nothing you know it's it's all mm. my material really um, it was a good use of my evening in yeah. a lot of ways yeah. I could have done something much less entertaining watching something on television you know but instead I got this great sort of narrative and, and great looking game um, what do you think of the style of the game graphically as well what did it remind you of much in particular I couldn't. I think it did, but I couldn't really put my finger on anything in particular. But yeah, I I liked it. I thought it's really effective. It's you know n- not super detailed. It, you know it's yeah. I like the way again. It, you know it it helped it stand out. It's distinctive and and um. But yeah, I, I don't know. Was there anything in particular it reminded you of? I suppose for me it was it because it has those low polygon counts. It, it potentially feels almost like a. a PS1 game or mm. or just a, an early sort of CG sort of animation in some sense. Um, yeah. It had that sort of feel to it to me. Um, and the animation, I suppose, was really nice. Mm. It seemed very expressive and I don't, again, I probably have to play it again to kind of really take it in, but um, it, 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 it seemed like somebody who knew what they were doing, I suppose, in terms of animation. I don't it, it it just seemed to be a lot of care and attention there. There was little things like like that scene in the pub where beforehand she she gets the ring from from the woman again. Yes, too much. Yeah. But all of that was just done really nice and indiscreet, and it didn't feel overdone. Anything you know, there's a lot of and even when she's when she gets there and she sort of. In that, you know, when she sits down at the table, mm. and then that's that object kind of has a use, you know, in that yes. scene, and yeah. it it just felt very natural the way all that sort of played out, and I'd be fascinated, I suppose, to know how they how they went about that. Did was it all sort of hand animated, or did they mocap somebody, or because there was a lot of stuff there that just felt really nicely done to me that I kind of didn't expect, I think, from an indie game, really. You know, a lot, a lot of sort of other games in this genre will often shy away, from, even from sort of presenting characters in sort of those sort of scenes. You know, mm. um, so I, I just thought it was very interesting to create. There wasn't a really cartoony sort of feel to the characters; they felt a bit more realistic than that. You know. Yes. Yeah. 
yeah absolutely and yeah in terms of what you're saying in terms of the, what went into making it what i was really struck by when kind of researching for when i did the interviews they all worked remotely on this so okay so i think variable state is, is um the two co-directors uh terry kenny and, and jonathan burrows and, and lyndon holland who was the kind of um the composer as i say and then they they had kind of um people come in and, and work on different bits and pieces. Um, I, I might be underselling stuff here, but I think they had maybe a team of around 10 at, at maximum. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it was all it was all remotely done from what I can tell. And uh, uh, just, again, I mean, I don't have any experience developing a game, but I just think that would make it many degrees harder to, to achieve your vision if you're, if you're kind of not all there to, to oh, get your heads around the table. Yeah, yeah, so it's, it's even more impressive to me. Yeah, but I think I think some other things because it's that very linear thing. I think they can. I think they could spend the time making those scenes as great as they wanted it to be because they knew that players would experience them all in those same ways. You know, and yeah. um, you know, I think that's sometimes the difficulty with making multiple choice sort of elements to things. You know, you, it becomes more difficult to sort of create that. And there are a lot of things in that game that I don't think would have worked if it was. Well, you have a choice to do this or do that. You know, mm. um, it just wouldn't. And and equally, what would you? What would it gain? I think that's always the thing. It's 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 that pluses and minuses and and maximizing what you're trying to put across. I think indie games is is very much the embell- you know an embodiment of that. They don't have the huge amount of resources to put into games. They can't make everything the biggest and best thing going so they have to be more pick and choose okay what is the defining element that we're going to sort of promote our vision of this game to be and what are we going to really push as being where we want to put our efforts and I think you know it it comes across that it was those scenes and and the way they've constructed them narratively without without a written narrative but narratively how they've constructed those scenes yeah it's great Um, I I think um, I think it's well worth sort of playing through, um, just to sort of experience it and then come away with your own opinions. But I've purposefully, you know, trying not to say too much about the plot or what it is because I think you'll spoil the game. I think by doing that, won't you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I think. Um, yeah, no, I think, think you're bang on the money with that. Really, I would encourage anyone who who's even kind of vaguely interested to to go in without not knowing anything else about it really um yeah yeah no it's it's uh, it's well worth checking out even you know even if you come out at the other side and it's it's not necessarily your bag just if you're interested in different experiences if we say as we say you know it's 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 um it's something that really does do enough to stand out from the crowd yeah absolutely and i i, I would absolutely um want other other experiences of a similar fashion i think there's plenty in this space still to be explored and um, I've I find it interesting. I think I think it's easy easier not easy but easier to do something that's based on things that are a bit filmic and mm. um, quite intri- the the aspect ratio is very interesting on this as well. Very yeah. thin, yeah. Very sort of it was. I don't, I don't even know what what the ratio was, but it was incredibly sort of thin sort of thing. And obviously that gives it a very cinematic feel and yeah. in line with obviously the orchestral soundtrack. It really sort of drove that home. Um, I'm I'm interested in all sorts of narrative sort of things, and and it would be really interesting to get something that's even based more in reality. And I think there's absolutely more tangible things that they can do um, 
in gaming in, in this sort of this sort of area. And I, I when I played it, I, I suppose that was the big thing that came away was that although gaming's still huge, it's not as huge as sort of HBO television and you know cinema. And I just thought, well, this is something really great that I would like other people to enjoy and play through. But I'm not sure always that people will ever get to that it's easy for us as gamers to kind of seek these things out and find them but for the you know it for me as it, it's something i think my sister would enjoy yeah but would she ever seek it out i'm not sure um it's difficult i could tell her oh you know go and download this thing but she'd probably go well i'm not doing that you know i'd rather sit in and watch the next episode of game of thrones so yeah but I know she would enjoy it, you know. Mm. She 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 loves Twin Peaks. She's been to Portland. She she absolutely adores the whole style of that. She she would love this, but it's always sometimes a bit difficult to get the audience to the product, if that makes sense. So. Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean completely. Yeah, no, it's it's a shame, but but yeah, I suppose there's so much vying for people's attention, and if it's not something. Yeah, even even for people who are into video games, but in a in a kind of a less intense way than people like you you and I are, it just gets lost amongst the noise, I suppose. Mm. Um, but uh, it's... sorry, go on. I was going to say it would be really nice if it got got a sort of retail release as well, and sort of and, and see if it has a wider audience. I was just going to say, did it? It's I found it a bit strange that they partnered up with a publisher on this. Was that was there any reason for doing that? Do you know, or or was it? Just to get on the storefront and get some publicity, I suppose. I th- uh, yeah, I mean, we didn't d- d- dig into it too much when, when I spoke to Jonathan, but uh, it certainly didn't seem like it was a tough decision when they were presented with the opportunity. I think um, it was it was something that just helped them, as you say, get get the uh, get the product out there, and and I think the the money from that helped them achieve the you know certainly the recording of the soundtrack, as I say, in Prague. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I think from from that point of, of view, um, it, it's it's definitely something to help. But no, we we didn't really delve too too deeply into it. Mm. It's just that I know that, like I say, five or five. I think they've published some other games of similar ilk. I think they published Brothers as well. I think yes, I think you're that right. re, re, on retail, and I think you know, I think there's absolutely an opportunity to sort of try and branch and broaden sort of the product to other outlets i i i, I don't know I, I think it's in uh, do, do you know like if empire magazines do game reviews or anything like that because it seems oh, that sort know. of audience would absolutely love something like this yeah, if they only good. knew about it that's a good shout yeah i don't know i don't I haven't, I haven't i haven't picked up empire for a number of years but but no um no it's that that's a really good point yeah i wonder whether they have looked into that kind of uh, that kind of avenue yeah yeah Okay, right. Enough of Virginia. Yeah, um, I, as I say, left a good impression on me, and um, I will definitely sort of uh, have a second playthrough at some point and um, see if I can glean any more from the storyline from it. Um, <laughs> I, I think, I think towards the end of it as well, I think it was one of those things where I, I was. Because I think you said to me, make sure. Well, you didn't say make sure, but you you were basically saying play. It's play, playable in one playthrough. Yeah. So there was a little bit of sort of that push towards the end where I was getting a little bit tired, and then I thought, well, I'm losing the thread here, but I should probably see see it through. And then it's just left me with questions, like I say. So um, I'm I'm interested to. I've, I'm I'm guessing you haven't tried it a second time. Is that correct or? 
No, I played through it again ahead of the interview, um, but but I I wouldn't say I it gave me all the answers to by any extent uh, to any extent. So I I would, I uh, again I would happily play through it again and try and work some of that stuff out. Um, mm. But but no, I I didn't feel. I think there were a couple of minor things I picked up on that I didn't necessarily get the first time round. Um, but but yeah, no, there's there's still plenty to work out there. I think. Yeah, I suppose the only the only thing that that sort of um, make, gives away that it's a game is you do get trophies, obviously. Yeah. And yeah. Those seemed I couldn't understand any of those, so I didn't. I as again didn't sort of pay attention to them while I was playing, but then I did check it through when I was looking. I was thinking, I'm not quite sure of what these were given for. Always, some of them were obvious and some of them weren't. But then mm. there's a lot missing, so I think well. Is there is there something else? Is there something that I sort of potentially missed along the way? But I don't know. There are very minor um, points of, of just where you can choose to do something, uh, um, and if you don't do it within a certain time frame, then the story will move on. And but they aren't things that are going to affect the the plot massively. Mm-hmm. Um, they're small bits and pieces here and there, and there are there are um, a few collectible elements throughout as well not uh the which are connected to some of the trophies as well but um not not same as traditional collectibles i suppose but there are feathers dotted around um and yeah. flowers as well that you can pick and they they, uh... they appear in your apartment um so, so yeah yeah there's a few few connected to that kind of thing a couple of nice yeah yeah Okay, so let's let's move on to to what you picked for me last time. Uh, it was another V game, lots of Vs, V V V V V V, probably. Um, That's right. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, why did you pick that? Um, why did I pick V V V V V? Because you haven't played it. That's why I picked it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, no, and and um, I think um, I think you're aware that 2D platformers are uh, something that I really enjoy. So. Um, and I know that equally you grew up with quite a lot of platformers, so yeah. I thought it was really, really interesting for you to play V, 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 V. The six, I've checked. Yes, yeah. yeah Don't know right. why there's six, but um, there are six. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, V, 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 V is um, <laughs> a game by uh, Terry Kavanagh. Yeah. Um, and um, he is an indie developer who's been around for... A number of years. Um, his most two famous games is, is the aforementioned V, and um, I know I'm just going to V now. Yeah. I, I really don't. I, I don't. It's difficult, isn't it? Can can I'm not sure if I can say the right number of V's if I say it. <laughs> if I think about it, I'm not sure I can do it. V V V V V V. I don't know if that's right. No, that was right. That was right. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um, <laughs> So yeah, um, aforementioned V times six and yeah. <laughs> um, and and Super Hexagon, which um, I think you've played in in the past. Um, right. He he's also done quite a lot of small games. Um, he seems to be very much uh, interested in um, smaller mediums of games, and he he makes quite a lot of small games. If you look at his 
sort of um, catalogue. He's got maybe 40, 50 games mm. that he's released. But these are the two that have always gained sort of prominence. So uh, originally it was released in uh, 2010 for Microsoft Windows. Uh, it was ported to the 3DS and to the OUYA, to yeah. the PS4, to the Vita, and also to iOS and, iOS and Android. I would strongly recommend nobody playing it on iOS, iOS and Android. Um, so yeah, VVVVVV is a 2D platformer um, with a soundtrack by Magnus Pelson. And um, yeah, what what did you what did you make of it? Well, before I get into that, I've got a small bone to pick with you. So okay, last time out you kind of hurled unwarranted abuse at me for for picking too many puzzle games for you and now (laughs) (laughs) i've had two games in a row where kind of flipping gravity is is the central mechanics what's what's that all about yeah that's true did not did not did not pick up on that (laughs) yeah that's true um pass (laughs) didn't did did not even realize that's interesting because i when i when i picked it i i just saw it as a platformer and then yeah. I, before sort of this, I did sort of play a little bit to kind of familiarise myself with it again. I was like, because it's been a long time since I played it, mm. um, a good sort of five years, and I thought, what, what, this control scheme, I can't, I cannot remember that was the only thing you could do. I'm sure you could jump in this game, yeah, but no, no flip gravity, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I'm only joking. Yeah, so, so <laughs> as you mentioned there, so it, yeah, it's a it's a kind of retro style 2D platformer. But rather than having the, the kind of usual jump mechanic, you can kind of hit a button to to reverse gravity and, and then back again. And it's that kind of gravity flip you use to traverse the, the kind of increasingly intricate parts of the map. Um, and the setup is that you're the captain of a spaceship who, you know, your crew has had to evacuate via a, a teleporter. Um, and each member of the crew gets flung out to, to a different corner of the map. And you've got to reach them and lead them back to, to the ship, basically get them safely back on board. Um, and essentially, it's it, it struck me as a, as a massive love letter to kind of Spectrum and, and Commodore sixty four games that that I grew up with as a kid. And um, I mean, just before before I go on, did you did you have either of those systems? Um, yes, kind of, but I'll, I'll let you continue. Okay, now. okay. Um, so so my family had a had a Spectrum. It, it wasn't the first kind of gaming system. We had. I had we had an Atari twenty six hundred, but I think the Spectrum was the first one that I really kind of latched onto in a massive way. I was quite lucky in the respect that I've got two older brothers, and my nearest brother is is ten years older than me, so I, I got into stuff in all different types of media a lot earlier than I would have done otherwise. I think so. I was mm. I was gaming at a really early age, and I've got huge, um, you know, lovely memories of, of playing playing games like uh, Manic Miner and Jet Set Willy. That that this this game has a massive nod towards um i i just such fond men- memories of playing that so as soon as i turn this game on you've got kind of a nod to as i say the the, the loading screens of those types of games with the kind of colored and um, flashing bars around the around the border of the thing it's just it's like, oh I'm, I'm kind of five or six years old again and sat in the living room with my brother playing playing these games it's just wave after wave of nostalgia came through as i started playing it it's like graphically it looks like those those older games like I said, uh, Manic Miner and Jet Set Willy, Willy, where each um, screen had a different title card at the bottom. This this has got that. Each screen is named something different. Um, one of my favourite series of games uh, on the Spectrum growing up were the Dizzy games, and sort of five or six mm. screens into this. There's an homage to, to Dizzy. There's like a, 
a floating character on screen that, that looks just like him. And there's there's another one later on as well that um, is a, a homage to a game called Hunchback that I played a lot on Switch. I'm sure there's loads that I missed as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, straight away, I was like, oh my God, this is, this is incredible. <laughs> just that feeling was incredible. You know, it really did transport me back to what, too many far too many years to to kind of kind of mention and it's, it, it yeah I, it was just a lovely feeling to, to to sort of as i say sort of feel transported back to those times and uh, sort of getting on for 30 years ago and um uh, but it's not just the nostalgia factor that, that meant I, I enjoyed the game i mean it's a genuinely excellent game it's um challenging to say the least in in, in many places um it gives you a nice kind of overview of your stats when you complete the game. It took me just under sort of three and a half hours to complete, and I died seven hundred and seventy-one times in that time frame. So, it's not you know, it, it's a challenging game. But the beauty of it is uh, the checkpoint system is so well implemented that you you're not playing needless sections over and over and over again. It's so streamlined that that it's generally the exact bit you're stuck on. And you might, yeah, you might end up doing it 10, 15, 20 times, but that the amount of t- actual time you spend doing that is is really short. So I read it, I read an interview earlier on, an old, uh, not interview, sorry, an old review um, that Kieran Gillen did for Rock Paper Shotgun when the game came out, and he, he likened it to the Trials games in that respect, uh, mm. which I think is is spot on. You know, you, you're you, there's no wasted time there whatsoever. Um, and and because of that, I don't remember the the game ever feeling kind of unfair or cheap in the slightest really um there's even you know there's a notoriously difficult bit in the game um called veni vidi vici um that that it didn't you know it doesn't annoy because you're fully aware what's going on it is notoriously difficult as i say and not only is that section totally optional you kind of totally understand once you come across it that it's clear he's put that in for kind of the small subsection of sadists who get a kick out of beating something like that after having to have you know, probably hundreds of goes at it. Um, so, you know, uh, yeah, it's challenging, but but fair. And as I say, three and a half hours is not a huge time investment to get through it, even though it is difficult in places. Um, and despite the simple mechanics of the game, so yeah, you've got left, right, um, interact, which you use only every now and again, and, and this kind of gravity flip. Um, there is, a you know, an impressive amount of variety on offer. So... Each different section where you get you, you, I think it's five crew members you have to rescue. Each of those different areas of the world have they kind of offer up twists on what's gone before. One has kind of a series of like almost trampolines for want of a better, a better phrase. So you can't rest between the platforms. It's kind of a non-stop series of jumps um, that that you only have kind of some control over until you reach the other side of the screen. Uh, there's another one that kind of locks the screen vertically. Um, so mm. where you would normally fall through a gap at, at the foot of the at the screen. Um, and you go through to another area now you reappear back at the top of the screen and kind of constantly fall through until you can kind of reach the other side of the horizontal uh, the horizontal axis of the, of the screen so that it, each of these areas it's, it's kind of just changing things slightly to keep it interesting um and yeah it just made sure things didn't get get old at all um but yeah i just thought it's just so well designed so elegantly designed and as i say that a game that from the outside looking in probably looks incre- incredibly frustrating. It's just not something that I ever found myself, you know, getting getting annoyed with. And mm. I mean, the other thing to say again, we talked about the soundtrack for Virginia, and you kind of alluded to this last time, but the the soundtracks is amazing, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it's um, fantastic. Just so catchy. Uh, I mean, I'm not. 
I say I'm not into chiptune music. I, I don't listen to a lot of chiptune music. It's not that I don't enjoy it. It's just not I'm not that well versed in it. But the 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 music is is incredible. Just goes with the game brilliantly again, um, and yeah, just stuck stuck with me for hours and days after after finishing the game. Um, just just brilliant. Yeah, yeah. But I but no, I I loved it. And and yeah, I'd be lying if nostalgia wasn't a huge huge part in it. But as I say. That's far from the only reason. It's um, it worked on a lot of levels for me. Okay, yeah, that's really interesting. Um, I, I didn't think you'd have that wave of nostalgia sort of rush over you, but clearly you did. I mean, yeah. clearly within the first sort of minute or so, it it just hit you. I'm guessing, you know, like wow, you transported back in time, I suppose, yeah. to, to when you were a child, hunched over a spectrum. Yeah. Um, and that, uh, the reason I'd say because I'm sure I've had conversations before where you've said. You know, you grew up with the master system. That's what I grew up with. So I didn't have that experience with this in the same way. Um, I I started with that, but I did end up with a spectrum sort of later down the line. Okay, yeah. So somebody sort of gave me one, and but you know, it's a bit like well, if when you get the last generation of consoles, it's it's don't don't stack up. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like you can play it, but it's like I've been playing Sonic and stuff. You know, it's like. Yeah. I can't, like, going back to Manic Miner, which I did play a little bit of um, on the Spectrum, um, it's just very difficult. I, I tried it, and yeah. it was like, this is just too simple for me, and far too difficult. Mm. Um, not to say I didn't like, enjoy some games on the Spectrum. There was um, stuff like Daily Thompson, Decathlon, I, I quite enjoyed. And, yeah. Um, bizarrely, I liked sort of the fruit machines on, on oh, okay, the Spectrum. Yeah. I don't know why, just kind of those sort of interactive sort of things like that. But um, so, I, I, as I say, I knew I, I definitely knew the influence of this game sort of going into it, um, and I knew I could see it because I'd sort of experienced those. But I didn't, I didn't have that nostalgia link that you did mm. um, playing this. Um, I was just going to say, I think I knew because I knew very little going in. I knew it was going to be retro styled, and I knew it was going to be a platformer. That's that's about as much as I knew. So I didn't realise it was going to be quite such a, you know, uh, as I say, it felt like a real love letter to those days to me. Uh, and, you know, like I say, the instant thing with the loading screen and, and what have you, um, yeah, it just hit me straight away. And I was just, oh, man, this is this is kind of getting get me in all the right places. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it was, um, yeah, no, a lot, a lot of fun to play through and brought up a lot of really nice memories that I hadn't necessarily thought about for a long time, yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I'd, I'd, like, like, so, I mean, I'd, I'd, like I say, I've played sort of a little bit of uh, Manic Mine in the past, and yeah. I think that's the, obviously the big, I think that's the biggest link, and Jet Set Willie, same same guy, isn't it? I can't remember his name. Is it Matthew Smith? Matthew Smith, it? yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and definitely has that, and some of the creatures and the characters, like you say, they, they definitely sort of seem like homages to those sort of creatures, and yeah. just the bizarreness of some of them, they just look so weird, you know, yeah. it's like, Every screen has a different weird-looking thing, which seemed to be the way games were made back then. It wasn't like let's make something that looks. It wasn't even like let's make something that looks like an animal, you know, because we can do that. It was like we can't do anything. <laughs> let's just do something that moves, you know, and yeah. look weird. And it definitely had that sort of vibe to this. Um, but I, I think the thing that struck me was that and you may disagree, but. It just felt more playable. Like straight away, I could play this, and I could never play the old Spectrum stuff, even though I really wanted to. Yeah, it just wasn't playable enough. Whereas this was, and 
I don't know what element of it was because I think one of it is absolutely the checkpoint system and the way that works is it makes it a little bit more forgiving than a game in this sort of mold would have been back in the Spectrum days where, you know, potentially you, you have to die. And I remember some games on the Spectrum, you do level one and then you have to load level two in. And if you don't oh, yeah. level two, you have to reload level one in. <laughs> yeah. You know, so yeah. Crazy times, times back there. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, um, <laughs> but it's it, so, you know, I think I think obviously modern game design in that sense sort of helps this in some, some way. So I don't know if it's that or if, I don't know if it's maybe the smoothness of the game or mm. things like that. I'm not sure. I couldn't pinpoint the particular element that sort of made this more playable to me anyway than those old games did. Mm. Um, did did it did it stack up with that with you in terms of your memories of those games or was it did it just feel like a continuation or it, it did really yeah I suppose because I'm coming from it from such a different place to you so that that for years those were the games I played so I never had to suffer that you know that same kind of thing you did of, of having to try and get back into after after having known something a lot more sophisticated um, and. Uh, you know, I always played it with the old the rubber keys, so you know they they were hardly the the most intuitive, not intuitive. You know, they weren't the best interface at all. You know, cause, you know it's these spongy keys that you're trying to do precision jumps with. It wasn't always the kind of best formula, but um, but yeah, no, it it did. It felt like a continuation of that that to me. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, manic manic minor and jet set Willie, they they were so punishing. Um, you know, you'd have a number of lives, but no no checkpoints or anything like that like in like in this game so you know you you get a few screens in if you were my kind of age sort of six five six playing it and then then you, your lives would be gone it was that kind of war of attrition of trying to get to places you you'd never seen before where i suppose with this it's much more i suppose i haven't really explained it very well but there are certain areas you need to get to to press, progress the game but then throughout this kind of this big vast open space you know you know it's set in space that you can kind of fling yourself around with gravity you can you know be flying around for for you know, seven eight nine ten screens at a time if you if you don't hit a platform and um so so structurally it's it's a little bit different different in that respect but um but no it, it just it, it just instantly recognizable as that type of of game that i used to love as a young boy so no it was it was a real treat for me did you um, did you play on keys as well? I'm, I'm kind of hoping you played on keys. And you I actually didn't use a pad. I actually didn't. I'm going to disappoint you. No, I played on a pad. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, I know. That, so I find that astonishing. Yeah, I thought you would definitely go for the full keys experience because for me that is that's the only way to play this. I find that I find that surprising. Found oh really? That really surprising. Yeah. 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 For me, I, I, even even for someone who didn't grow up completely with that, that I just instantly thought. This is a game to play on keys, clearly, you know. Yeah. Um, hence why I say don't play it on a mobile phone, because it just yeah. screens and reactions just wouldn't work in the same way, obviously. Um, but yeah, for me, it was like key, keys or nothing. You know. I think I think it just didn't occur to me purely because I'm just terrible with mouse and keyboard and in any normal PC game that I just generally, if I get an option to play with a pad, I'll jump on the pad straight away. But no, if I'd taken a step back and thought about it, then yeah, it would have made complete sense to do that to get the full the full kind of spectrum experience i think yeah. um but no no silly <laughs> no it's fine um and i suppose um yeah so in terms of playing with keys yeah. um i found it really interesting just to go back easy found it really easy to go back in again because at the moment i sort of only have a laptop and so just tonight i just sort of 
set it up on my laptop and just had it in front of me while I had something else on the TV, you know. It's very easy just to kind of get into that space. And I also found it quite amusing when you boot it. I don't know if you notice when you boot it up for the first time, it does it at the right resolution. Oh, yeah. And it's yeah. a really small, tiny screen in the middle. Yeah. It's yeah. like... Because it's only 240 by 240 pixels or something like that. It's mm. absolutely minuscule in terms of the size of the game and what it's packing in there. Right? Yeah. And I like that. It, it's a nice design. And I think it plays up to um, um, Terry Kavanagh's sort of attitude to, to these sort of things. I don't think he... I think when this game was developed, it, it would certainly wasn't developed in a different way, I don't think, to the other games that he does. And... I don't know if you've ever been to his site. He, he does quite try and um, put a decent development diary to, to the games that he makes and yeah. kind of explain how he puts them together, which is always really interesting to sort of see. But I don't think there was any expectation that this would be his breakout hit, I suppose. you know. Mm. Um, so I thought it was quite interesting that it was. And um, I mean, you clearly knew about this game before I, I mentioned it in a lot of ways, didn't you? I did. Well, I knew. I knew of it. I knew it was very well regarded. Uh, I knew, you know, I was aware of Terry Kavanagh, but I think the, as we discussed, the only thing I had played of his was uh, Super Hexagon, uh, which is obviously a very, very different game. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I was aware of its reputation, but knew didn't know a huge amount beyond that. To be fair, mm. I, I think um, I think it's well regarded. It's not because of the style. I think it's because of the design and some of the the setup of, of the. the the puzzle, not the puzzles, but the how well how they're put together. Like you say, for a game with three inputs, there's quite a lot that he does with that space, isn't yes. there? In terms yeah, of absolutely. mixing it up and giving it its own identity as well, isn't it? You know, mm. in, oh, yeah. in particular with the idea with the different areas having different mechanics worked mm. really nice. Um, it felt a little bit Metroid, Metroidvania esque as well in terms of that world map to me. Yeah, um, yeah. And having that openness to say, well, okay, because obviously, I think that's the thing. Spectrum goes incredibly linear, whereas this does give you a little bit of, okay, go out and sort of see what you can find, sort of thing. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, how many, how many of the trinkets did you collect? I think it was thirteen out of twenty. That is terrible. <laughs> that is absolutely terrible. Oh, I apologise. <laughs> That's all right. I thought, I honestly thought you might try and go back and get some of those, and and. Or, or I thought it might mess with your LCD to miss a lot of those. Especially, there's quite a few that you see, but you don't know how to get, or you don't think you know yeah. how to get. So I got to a point, I don't know if if this is this triggered by getting a certain amount or a certain point in the game, but there is a point where it will show you where they all are um, on the map. Um, so I it, I am planning to go back in and, and and try and get some of them. But having spent a good five or ten minutes on the Vinny Vini Vici section. I was just like, yeah, I could end up throwing my monitor out of the window if I if I try and right. do that for too long. Uh but no, you're right. I is something I mean I've said a number of times on this podcast before, it's the kind of thing I would try and do in most games. Um and I did enjoy the game so much that yeah, I, I I'm sure I will go back and uh and and look to get them all. But yeah, I think I don't think I was in the right headspace to once I saw how difficult that particular one was gonna be, I was like, Yeah, yeah, I I need to <laughs> I need I need to wait for a while. But um but no it, yeah, I liked that those were in there. Um uh, again, 
kind of harkens back to to Jet Set William Manic Mind these kind of flashing kind of silvery glowing objects that that you could pick up so again it was a, it was another nice nice nod to that really but but the fact that it was just something a bit extra that you could go you know you could go and explore um so yeah no no I, I I will go back I'm sure okay yeah my next question was did you get the Vindi Vici one but obviously not then I, that, no, that I was mean, beyond you. I, I, I felt like I was going. I intended to, and then I got. I was having done it for about five minutes. It's like this is going to be pure muscle memory. There, there literally isn't the time to react visually to what's going on. Um, you, you need to learn it essentially. And I, I just felt like, yeah, I, what I didn't want to happen. I was loving the game so much at that point when I stumbled across it that. What I didn't want to do was get to a point where I was sick of it, of, sure. of, because that isn't what I would normally do. I would normally stick out a challenge and uh, and then plough through it and, and then carry on with the rest of the game. And what I didn't want to do was get to the point where like I'm, I'm sick of this game and I'm turning it off and I'm not going back. Uh, I'm sure that wouldn't have happened, but mm. I, I, it was a conscious decision to say let's let's come back to this at another time and uh, mm. uh, and do it. But yeah, and no, no, you were aware that you can. Go, you, you're free to sort of go back into the world and collect those now. Yes. It's not, yeah. it's not like they're shot out from you. And I would say uh, the reason why I thought you might go for a few of them, because so, I think I think a lot of the trinkets fall into actually two distinct categories. Some of them are uh, those dexterity sort of challenges, but some of them are a little bit more thinking around the space yes. and how to get to them, yeah. rather than um, how how to. Um, Rather than, like I say, um, sort of um, just pure reaction. So, you know, yes, I think there'll be a few that you will potentially pull your hair out over. Okay. I managed to get to 18. Okay. And so. then there were two left. And then I watched some YouTube clips. And one of them was like, oh, that's that's a puzzle then. You know, oh, okay. that was very, okay. very much a puzzle. And I was like, okay, I should have probably worked that one out. So... I take it you got Benny Vidivici then. Oh yes. Oh yes. okay. I, uh, what, I why would ab- I even question I, your credentials? Absolutely determined to get that. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. I, d- I, d- I don't think I got it through the playthrough. I knew it was there and I knew what it was, but um, yeah, I, I kind of thought, well, I'm, this is a short game. I'll go back. In fact, I might have asked. I, I remember it was my coworker at the time who recommended I play this, as a, he thought I would like this, which was very stupid of him that he would know me that well. Um, yeah. But um, he, yeah, so I did ask, I think, I may have even asked at that point, you know, can I go back and collect? He was like, yeah, you can go back at the end. Right, so, I'm okay, I'm, I'm going to yeah. do it. And I was really determined to get all of them, but yeah, my resolve broke and it was the good old um, good old YouTube that spoiled it for me. And I went, oh, God damn it, that's how you do it, you know. Um, <laughs> so, well, but no, my gaming credentials are fully intact, I'll have you know. Yes, I, I did. <laughs> You know, this I don't like, and I'm going to have to go back in for definite now and, and smugly declare that I've got all 20 without cheating next time. So, yeah, yes. yeah the, the bar's been set, clearly. <laughs> oh, um, I, I suppose the the other thing to mention with this that we haven't sort of talked about is, this, is the, the two, obviously it's a 2D platformer, but for me it was, I think, I think, it's the only 2D platformer I've played properly with flick screens, um, which you don't see very often anymore. No, in games. no, that's right. Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, can you think of? And, and I was, I was struggling. I was thinking tonight: is there any other? I can't even think of other flick screen platformers at this point, and they must exist. 
Yeah, yeah. No, I'm but, I'm struggling. I must have. But the only thing I can think of was there's there's Castlevania, but Castlevania still has scrolling screens and then it flicks to new scenes. And a lot a lot of old platformers tended to do that. I remember uh, Quackshot did that on the Mega Drive. And there's a few of them where, yeah. but they would scroll and then flick to a new scene when they maybe wanted to redraw the graphics into a different yeah. style rather. But I can't remember complete sort of flick screen games and. That was the thing, I suppose, when I started playing platformers, the first two I really sort of played were, um, well, in terms of proper consoles, I suppose, were Alex Kidd and Sonic. And they, mm. were, they were both, you know, tracking the player. It was never never that scene to change. The only reason for a scene change was because they were obviously re- drawing a brand new palette, you know, much yeah. like when Mario goes down the pipe, it's because there's a different tile set that they need to load into the game, but... I suppose the only other one I can think of that did flick screen. I remember having a. Uh, do you remember the well the Game and Watch? I had quite a lot of Game and Watches oh, yeah. before yeah. I had consoles, and I played the Mario one of that, and I'm fairly sure that was sort of flick screen because mm. that was just um, just black lines, and I've got no idea that had something like a hundred screens or something. Right. I remember it proudly saying on the box, and <laughs> yeah. now I don't I don't think I would even be even contemplating playing something like that ever again but I spent hours on that I think I did finish that I think there was a hard mode that unlocked afterwards and I think I played through that as well but for me it was it was nice because I had an experience with VVVVVV <laughs> that I, I haven't really had before and for somebody who's played a lot of platforms and enjoys the genre that was really nice for me yeah. um, because I've always wanted to go back and I've never been really able to do so until this came along um, that's that's really what um, what I liked. Um, yeah, and, and uh, um, in, in terms of other uh, recommendations, if, if there's another game and um, that that's similar to this that I played, um, there's a game called Laser Cap that's available on um, Xbox Indie Games, and I would say that's quite a similar experience and a little bit easier, I would say. But okay. if, if you're willing to play something that that's similar and similar sort of style then that's something that I would recommend I think it's probably on PC as well for a small amount of money definitely sounds familiar to me and knowing me I may well have even own it on my Xbox 360 <laughs> so I'll, I'll go and check after this because yeah I'd definitely be interested in checking that out Okay, well that's this this episode's games done then, I guess. I suppose we should move on to what we're going to play next time. Uh, what have you picked for me to play? Okay, um, I wrote I wrote one game and I thought no because that's another platformer. Okay, um, and I did I did notice Laser Cat on your list, so you do have it on your backlog. Oh, okay. So I could I could choose that, but that would be a little bit mean, I think, to pick two very similar games in a row. So instead, I'm going to um, choose um, David Cage's classic Beyond Two Souls. Oh, okay. Okay, interesting. Have you played any other David Cage games before? Yes, I have. Yeah, I've played uh, The Nomad Soul. I've played Fahrenheit. And I've played Heavy Rain. Wow. Okay, I haven't played Heavy Rain, so that's the only one of his I haven't played. Okay, okay. Yeah, I what don't do you, know. What do you make of his games in general? Uh, 
I, I love the ambition uh, and they often don't quite match up to that. Uh, I, I mean, in the, the beginning of Fahrenheit um, or Indigo Prophecy or whatever you, you want to call it, was was incredible and just opened up so many possibilities and i think i think they released it as a demo you know it's the scene in the in the diner at the start yeah. where you've got to clean up clean up the the kind of crime scene um and that game just fell apart i think you've, you've so you're saying you've played you've played fahrenheit yeah i don't want to oh i've definitely anything. played yeah i've definitely yeah, played yeah. fahrenheit yes that, that i don't game, think you should i don't think you should spoil no the, no the but, but, but just to say that the game for me and i think for a lot of people fell apart so spectacularly uh later on uh, that, that it was a real shame, and, and yeah, there are elements of, of all of the games I've played of his that I've absolutely adored, uh, and there are other elements that I haven't so much. So yeah, real mixed bag. But I, I really dig what he tries to do. Um, mm-hmm. But 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 yeah, so I'm really interested to play Beyond Two Souls. I, I don't I don't know a huge amount about it, but I, I presume it, it follows a similar template to, to the, the other games of his you've played. Uh, yeah, it, it, I think you'll notice similarities to other games. I think that's why I asked if you'd played them because um, yeah. I think you'll be able to make those links quite easily uh, yeah. between okay. sort of his different games and there there are interesting things to talk about uh, with that game. Okay, so, fantastic, yeah. excellent stuff. Okay, uh, for you, I have avoided anything too puzzly. Uh, for for reasons you know, I can't think why. Uh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I gone for Spec Ops: The Line. Do you oh, know? Excellent. Do you know much about that going in? Uh, I know. I know people say it is. Um, it's it's not what you expect, and it's yeah. probably more intelligent than than you might think for a shooter. I think that's yeah. what I know about it. So okay. I am interested. Um, yeah, really happy with that. That's good. Um, good. You haven't given me a shooter yet, so something... You've given me a thinking man shooter potentially, though, haven't you? Let's be honest. You haven't given me... You haven't given me a, 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 a shoot everything that moves shooter, have you? You've given me something to think about, haven't you? I, I suppose there may, may be elements of that, but it's a shooty man's game. What, what you know, what do you <laughs> And is it, is it an American game or, is, or am I wrong in that? Is it an English game? I think it might be an English studio. I can't I've, remember. I'm, do you know what? I can't remember. I've got a feeling it might be European. Actually, I don't. I, I don't know. Is the answer? I need to do my research okay. before the next episode. Clearly, I can't remember. It's a while mm. since I've played it. Um, mm. But yeah, no. De- de- I'm glad you don't know a huge amount going in. It's uh, it'll be interesting. No, to see I, what, I, what I, 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 I've for for me, it, uh, I, I've. I obviously got it, but and I knew this sort of history of it. But every time I've seen it, sort of in the shops, I've looked at the front cover and gone, "That's just a shooting man's game," you know. Yeah. There's so many of them that you can pick them up for ten a penny. If I'm honest, now you know you can. Yeah. <laughs> I'm drowning in shooting games that I will probably never play. So yeah. I'd be amazed. Well, I won't be amazed because people have sort of inferred that there's something maybe a bit more going on with this, but. Um, yeah, from the out, from looking at that cover, it just looks, it looks like you know third rate shooting game. So yeah, yeah. yeah. thank you. <laughs> no problem, no problem. <laughs> right, okay. So that that's it for episode twelve. Then um, 
Yeah, so we've started putting some extra bits and pieces in between the main episodes because obviously it takes us a while to, to play through these games. Um, so next week we'll have the second part of our kind of ramblings about PlayStation VR. So, so keep an eye out for that and we'll we'll doubtless have another one or two out before we return with the next episode covering um, Spec Ops and, and Beyond Two Souls. Um, if you want to get in touch in the meantime, you can find us on Twitter under at catchuppod or you can drop us an email on hello at playingcatchup.co.uk. Uh, if you do enjoy the show and have a couple of minutes to leave us a, a, a quick rating or review on itunes that would be massively appreciated but um but for now thanks for listening and we'll we'll catch you next time bye see ya